at church, hopefully, but also at, at home, I'm pretty calm. Dana might argue that, but when I'm in my car, I feel like I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And you might think, well, it's because you drive a truck now. No, I was still angry when I drove a Prius. It doesn't matter. There's something about being in the car for me that you better not mess with me. And I don't know if it was because I took two months of uh, kickboxing about 10 years ago where I watched that Krav Maga video online the other day. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm invincible. And that's a dangerous situation for us to be as a Christian, to let our anger control us, to let our anger cause us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. I'm going to tell you the most awkward situation in life is when somebody does something to you in your car and you react and you end up going to the same place and they hold the door open for you. That's bad, right? What's worse, though, what if that happened and I show up to church and that person was right there? You see, our actions make a difference. And when we're angry, we have to be able to control that anger. We have to be able to approach anger in a way that doesn't cause us to sin. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. In Colossians chapter 3, we begin here with the in the which. And this is referring back to the previous verses in this chapter. Basically, what, what he's talking about in this chapter is about many things that we used to do before we became Christians that now as Christians we shouldn't take part in. And in Colossians chapter 7, it says, In the which ye also walked sometimes, which ye lived in them. But now, now we're different, right? It says, Ye also put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. This morning, I want to focus on those three in red. And, and when it talks about anger, what right here, it's talking about that chronic anger. It's talking about that anger that's a way of life for us. That anger that if you see somebody that's like this, you always wonder, I wonder what they're mad about today. And you feel like you have to walk on eggshells around them because you don't want to upset them. That wrath is that sudden anger that boils over into rage and we react. Malice is a desire to injure or hurt people. Anger can be dangerous. It can be dangerous to ourselves. It can be dangerous to others. It can be dangerous to our reputation. It can be a danger to our church's reputation. And we have to make sure we guard ourselves against anger. I found this, there's this uh, website called Babylon B, and I don't really read many of the articles, but I tend to laugh at the, at the titles of them. And this is one that I saw. It said, Facebook to replace all reaction buttons with pure outrage. Isn't that how we feel on Facebook? We feel, if we're on Facebook, I guess because nobody's right in front of us, we can say whatever we want. We can react however we want. But that tends to pour over into our everyday life. And we see that more and more as a society. We say what we feel. We react how we want to react. We react how, what, however it feels best for us to react. That's what we do. And too many times when we're angry, we react improperly. I found this quote in this. I actually read this one. It said, the only proper reaction to anything on your news feed is pure unbridled rage. A Facebook spokesperson said, don't worry about trying to verify the information first. Just tap on our new outrage reaction and feel the hate flow through you. Isn't that so true, though? It's so true. This is a satire website, but it's, it's so true in how we react to our anger. But as Christians, we can't be that way. You know, I found this picture of this man. He's apparently a deputy of some kind in Houston, but it says he was charged in a road rage shooting. 
I want you to think about this for a second. A deputy is somebody that we're supposed to be able to go to when we're in trouble. Somebody who we're supposed to feel safe with. Somebody who has been trained to handle even the toughest situations. And yet he let his anger take control of him to the point that he shot at someone or maybe shot someone. I didn't read the article. It's a problem, isn't it? Well, what about us as Christians? Aren't we supposed to be the people who are the safe place that people can come to in their time of need? But what does our anger say about us? Does that make people comfortable to approach us? Something we have to think about. Something we have to consider. You know, the Christian character is a, a character of a, a sinless character. And in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 6, it says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. And then if you skip down to verse 9, it says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. Now, this is not saying that when we become a Christian, we're not going to sin anymore. We all know that we have trouble sinning. What this is saying is that when we do sin, we understand the difference between right or wrong. That we try to repent of that. That we ask for forgiveness. And then we try to turn our lives around. This is not something that should remain in us. It's not a way of life for us. But too many times, anger is that excuse where we feel justified to sin. We feel justified to sin that it's somebody else's fault. They deserve what they get. But that's not how we're supposed to react. And that's not what would please God with our reaction. So we have to be very careful with how we react when we're angry. In Ephesians 4, beginning of verse 17, it says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that henceforth you walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ, if, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is very similar to what, what Paul was talking about earlier when we talked about Colossians chapter 3. What he's saying here is the same thing. That we no longer can walk like the world walks. We can no longer react the way the world reacts. And live the way the world lives. Because we're a new creature. Because we have Christ in us. And then instantly in the next verse. He uses the word wherefore. And wherefore is referring back to that idea that now we are Christians. We are to be different. And he says putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Then he goes on to say be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Because we are a new creature, we can't react to our anger like we used to or like others in the world do. We have to be different. We have to be changed. But how do we do that? We're going to use these verses to kind of pull some ideas out this morning. And I hope they're beneficial to you because I know they have been to me. I know there's been a few times in the car these the past few weeks that I've wanted to get angry. And I think of this and I think of the stuff that I've been studying. You know, that's what the word of God does, doesn't it? Hopefully we all understand that our anger can cause a lot of problems. And hopefully we'll all work on that if that's something that we have issue with. The first thing I want us to understand about angry is that sometimes it's okay to be angry. 
Sometimes as Christians, we feel guilty when we're angry and certain times we should. When we react the wrong way, when we say the wrong things, when we punch somebody, we should we should feel very guilty about those things because that's not the way a Christian should react to their anger. But there are times when it's important that we understand that anger is okay. You know, I think of this verse and it says, be ye angry. And no, that's not a, an excuse saying that you were told you could be angry. That's not what that's saying. It's saying... What's, what Paul's saying here is that sometimes you're going to be angry. Sometimes situations are going, to be arri- are going to arise and you're going to be angry. And anger can produce good things sometimes. Sometimes anger is a necessary reaction to injustice in the world. If we see injustice or evil, it should cause us to act. It should cause us to find a way to make that situation better. I think of New York. In the news lately, we've, we hear this idea that these restrictions on abortion have now been taken away. Abortion is wrong any time. But now abortion can be, can be done up to, in, up to the nine-month period. Basically the day before that baby's born. It can be ripped out of the womb of the mother when it could successfully survive outside of the womb and it is killed. That should make us angry. But does that mean we're all going to load up in a bus and head up to New York and go riot against those who are making these laws, set their places on fire. No, that's not what that means. That means we find a way to peacefully make a difference when it comes to this situation. Maybe we study out the idea of abortion. Maybe we go and we, we talk to others about it and why it's a sin. And maybe, just maybe, we can make at least a small difference, change a few opinions on that. We use the word of God, you see. We don't use our reactions to anger. We don't use our hate. We don't use our vengeance. We've got to be careful when we're angry. You know, I think of the civil rights movement. I think Martin Luther King Jr. is a great example of how to use your anger in a productive way. You see, Martin Luther King Jr. grew up in a time where he couldn't, Drink of the same water fountain. He couldn't go to the same restrooms. He couldn't go to the same restaurants. People viewed him as lower than human because of the color of his skin. And I want you to see his reaction and his thoughts. This is one of his, um, his quotes. He says, as my sufferings mounted, I soon realized that there were two ways in which I could respond to my situation. Either to react with bitterness or to seek to transform the suffering into a creative force. I decided to follow the latter course. And we know history. We know he wasn't a perfect man, but we know that because of what he he did and the peacefulness of his protests, that changes were made and the situation became better. Yes, we still have issues, but the situation became better. That's what we're talking about. How we react to our anger. I think about Paul in Galatians chapter two, Peter was being pretty hypocritical in this at this time. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before that, certain came from James. He did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. 
Paul saw a problem. Paul saw that Peter would eat with the Gentiles when certain people weren't around, but when they would come around, he would separate himself. And not only did he separate himself, but the other Jews started to do the same. And all of a sudden we have a division. But Paul didn't act in vengeance. Paul didn't yell and scream at him. Paul didn't rear back. What he did was he confronted him and he said, hey, you're wrong. And then he talked about why that was wrong. Use the word of God, right? Peter, when Simon was was uh, a newly converted person in the church, he saw the miracles that the apostles had the ability to do and the fact that they could lay hands on and pass those out. And Simon saw that as an opportunity to make money. And Peter understood his motivation and it made Peter angry. And Peter in Acts chapter eight, verse 20 says, but Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You see, he reacted in a positive way. And then he goes on and he says, go pray to God that he'll forgive you. He told him how to fix the situation. He didn't lash out. He used it in a productive way. And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. How do we use our anger? How does our anger show? Is it according to God's will? Is it, does it follow God's word or does it follow our own selfish wants and our own selfish desires to feel better about a situation? I'm afraid too many times in my life I know that I follow that selfishness. And we've got to be careful. Not only is it okay to be angry, but when we're angry, we can't let it lead to sin. And I guess that's the whole point of what we're talking about this morning. Is that anger tempts us to sin many times. And we've got to find ways to step back and not let that control who we are and direct what we do. In verse 26, again, it says, be angry and sin not. We can't let sin make decisions or let anger make decisions for us because that's going to end up causing us to sin. In James 1 and verse 19, he talks about being swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But in verse 20, here's what I want us to look at. It says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Here's the problem. When we get angry, most of the time it's not because of an injustice. Most of the time it's because we're selfish, our pride has been hurt, we're jealous, or many other reasons. But it's not for a godly reason most of the time. And that's a problem. You know, the first casualty of anger happened four chapters into the word of God. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the story of Cain and Abel. We know that Abel and Cain both brought a sacrifice to God. We know that Abel's was acceptable, Cain's was not. And we can see Cain's reaction here. In Genesis 4 and verse 5, it says, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Did Cain have a just reason to be angry? No. Cain was angry because he got called out. Cain was angry for a selfish reason because he didn't want to be corrected. Or maybe he was jealous. I don't know his mind. But it wasn't because... Of God's will. He was angry. For not for a reason that wasn't okay. 
And I want you to see where his anger led. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. See, the problem with anger is that it blinds us. It makes us do things that we wouldn't normally do, that we wouldn't normally say, and it can cause irreparable damage in our lives. Cain lived with this for the rest of his life because of his decision made in anger. How many regrets do we have because of decisions that we've made in anger? It's a problem. In Psalms 37 and 8, it says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. Not only are we going to live with that for the rest of our lives, but if we're consistently angry and we don't take the necessary steps to, to correct that, to repent of that, to change our lives, we're going to be separated from God. And now our soul's in jeopardy because of the sin that we've committed. So not only can we not let our anger lead to sin, but we can't hold on to it. We've got to find a way to deal with our anger quickly. And at the end of this verse, it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And this isn't saying that when the sun goes down, you've got to put your happy pants on it. What this is saying is that you cannot hold on to that anger. When anger is held inside of us, it's so insidious that it will eventually take us over. It's going to blind us. We're going to do things like we said earlier that we wouldn't normally do. Things that we can't fix. This is how families are broken. This is how marriages fail. This is how churches are divided. Because we're too prideful to let go of our anger. We've got to be careful. You know, on later down in that verse, in that chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about, again, putting away bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, all those other things. But I, I think 32 is pretty interesting. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ for, for, for even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. When we look at those words, forgiving, it's more than just a pardon. It's to be gracious unto, to be kind, to be benevolent. That word kind means to be virtuous, good, mild, pleasant. I'm going to tell you when I'm angry in my Prius, this is the last way I want to react. I don't want to be kind. I don't want to be gracious. I don't want to be forgiving. And that's our nature, isn't it? That's our nature. Anger is a dangerous situation for us to live in. It's dangerous. And holding that in anger inside makes it even worse. Here's a, a young man. He looks like he's got the whole world in front of him, like he's ready to go out and take on the world and live his life. But I'm going to tell you, in 1999, some of you may recognize this young man, but he walked into his school and he took the lives of 13 innocent people. He lost his life and the other person that was a part of that lost their life too. Fifteen people lost their lives because he held on to his anger. And you say, well, how do you know it was because he was angry? Well, this is what he said while it was happening. He says, get up. Everyone with white hats, stand up. This is for all the stuff you've given us for the past four years. All jocks stand up. We'll get the guys in white hats. 
Anger is dangerous. It blinds us. It causes us to hate. It causes resentment. And I'm not saying that that's going to be our reaction if we hold on to our anger, but our anger, if we hold on to it, it's going to lead to sin. It's going to lead to heartache. And it's going to lead to us jeopardizing our soul. We've got to be careful. So not only do we have to deal with anger quickly, but we have to consider how to react. When we are angry, how are we going to react to that? In verse 27 of Ephesians chapter 4, he says, neither give place to the devil. The fact is, is when we're angry, it's just like any other sin. It feels good to lash out. It feels good to let loose on our anger. We feel like people are getting what they deserve. We feel like our vengeance is actually taking place. But the problem is it can't be about us taking vengeance. We've got to let God handle that situation, right? We've got to let God handle that person's heart. And the problem is, is when we react in anger, it opens us wide up for Satan to come place his his foot right in our hearts. To take up a spot in our hearts. And cause us to keep sinning over and over and over. Because it feels good. Because they get what they deserve. We can't give that opportunity to Satan. Proverbs 29 and 22, it says, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. When Satan sees that in, he takes it. And it's hard for us to fix. It's hard for us to take that out of our lives. We've got to find ways to react in a godly manner. The first thing that we can do, just like with anything, is recognize the warning signs. I looked up some warning signs. There's a few here, clenching your jaws or grinding your teeth. Have you ever been so angry and you realize how tight you're clenching your, th- your fists? That's a, that's a red flag. Get out of there, right? Your face gets hot and your neck and face start feeling hot and you start being sweaty. And then you have some emotional issues that maybe sometimes if you hold on to anger, it can cause you to be sad or depressed. It can cause guilt in your life. It can cause you to be anxious, like you want to strike out verbally or physically. You know, there are many warning signs that come with anger, and each of our warning signs are going to be different. We've got to learn what those warning signs are. And when those warning signs start showing up, it'll help us realize, hey, I've got to do something. I've got to consider how to react in this situation. And that will help us to be slow with our reactions. In Proverbs 16 to 32, it says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Basically, what this is saying is it's going to be hard for us to control our anger. It's going to be hard, but the fact is, is that's what God expects of us. We are never justified in sinning, even when we're angry. We've got to figure out ways to deal with our anger in a productive way. James 1, verse 19, we refer to this. It says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Too many times, we're, we're slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to wrath. We do the opposite of what we're commanded to do, and it causes all kinds of problems. It causes all kinds of of things that happen in our lives that we can't take back, that we can't fix because we reacted too quickly to our anger. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, 
It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself to the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This whole idea of taking these ideas that are, uh, that are against the will of God, these thoughts. Personally, we have to take into captivity our thoughts and make sure when even when we're angry, stop and think, is what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do going to benefit the kingdom of God? And if it's not, we step back. If it's an injustice and we think, well, I can go preach the word of God to him by all means, do it. But when it causes us to sin and we have those thoughts running through our mind, we need to take captivity of those and make sure they apply to the word of God. And that they're in line, that our will is in line with God's will. And I'm going to say too many times we're going to find out that our will is not in line with God's will when we're angry. And we have to react with self-control. We have, we have to stay calm. Proverbs 14 and 29, it says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. When we instantly react on our anger, nine times out of ten, we're going to sin. Because our anger would have us do something else. Our anger would have us do what we feel. And that's not productive. That's what causes problems with marriages. That's what causes problems with families. That's why a son and a dad don't talk for 20 years over something that's not even relevant anymore. Because people act out of anger. That's why we have divisions in churches at times. We've got to control that anger. We've got to stay calm in those situations. And understand that our reactions to anger can wait. That we can come back later when we're a little more level-headed, when we had time to think, and we can approach that situation in a godly manner. Sometimes we just have to walk away, and that's hard. When we think they deserve to be reprimanded, or we think that they need to hear what our mind has to say, it's hard to walk away. But Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Sometimes we just have to walk away to remove ourselves from the situation. This makes me think of a tennis player, a professional tennis player named Arthur Ashe. Back in the 1970s, he, he was a professional tennis player. In 1975, he had a match against this man. And he was winning the match. But this man was doing everything he could to make him angry, to get under his skin. He was calling him names that weren't appropriate. He was stalling the match, just doing everything he could. And I want you to know what Arthur Ashe did. He took his racket. He sat it down on the ground and he walked off the court. And as he's walking off, an official says to him, you understand if you walk off the court, you forfeit and you lose this match. He says, I don't care. I would rather lose the match than lose my self-respect. How many times have we lost our self-respect because of our anger? How many times has the church lost respect because of our anger? We're supposed to be that light, aren't we? And when we react in anger because it feels good, it doesn't just hurt us. It hurts all those around us. It hurts the church. It hurts the cause of Christ. I think of Joseph fleeing Potiphar's wife, fleeing that temptation. Anger tempts us to sin. We need to flee that. 
Sometimes we just need to walk away, get out of the situation. It's better to walk, to walk away than end up sinning, to jeopardize our soul. I'm going to tell you, most of the regrets that I have come from me reacting to anger too quickly. Not considering how to react. It's a problem that we need to understand. And if we have an issue with it, we need to work on fixing that. You know, our attitude is a big reason a lot of times we get angry. I saw this picture one time. It says, I'm sorry that you chose to make me mad. And that's how we feel sometimes, right? It's always somebody else's fault. They made me mad. But we need to examine why we're truly angry. Is it because of some injustice that needs to be taken care of? Or is it because of our selfishness? Is it because of our pride? Is it because we're jealous? Most of the time, we're probably going to find out that a big part of that anger comes from a self-righteousness. Wanting to get back at somebody or feeling our pride has been hurt. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. He's saying here that every aspect of our lives, we should be examining who we are. We should be examining our actions and how we react in certain situations. And anger is no different. Anger, we should be examining ourselves when we're angry. To see if our will lines up with God's will. To see if our reaction is going to be approved by the word of God. And if it's not, we can step back from that. And we might even have to go apologize. But that's okay. We've avoided sinning. James 4 verse 1, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? A lot of times our anger is a heart problem, isn't it? It's a problem with our sin that we have to deal with. Now, I think Jonah is a good example of this. You know, Jonah did everything he could to get away from going to preach to Nineveh. And finally, he had, to, he had to go. And he did his job, right? He went and he preached. And a good thing happened. The people changed their ways. And we see in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10, it says, And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that, they, that he said he would do unto them. And he did it not. Jonah should be jumping up with joy, right? Jonah 4.1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. He wanted to see them wiped off the face of the earth. Now, I don't know why. Maybe it's because he thought that would be a good story to convince people back at home that they need to get out of their sin. I don't know what it was, but it made him angry. If he examined himself, he would have found out that his will was not in line with God's will. What he wanted was not what God wanted, obviously. And too many times, if we examine ourselves, we're going to find out that how we react, the words we say, the things that we do, are not what God would have us to do. But we've got to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, why am I truly angry? And be honest with ourselves. Because anger doesn't justify our sin. And finally, we have to respond appropriately. We have to respond appropriately. When we get to a situation where we're angry we, angry, we have two choices. We can either escalate the situation or we can de-escalate the situation. And depending on our choice, it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better. And if it doesn't get better, when we de-escalate the situation, we walk away and we've done everything we can do. But the thing is, we didn't sin. 
know, I think a perfect verse for this is Proverbs 15, 1, where it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but a grievous, but grievous words stir up anger. The way we react in our anger is up to us. And yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But we have to make the right decisions. How many times have we been angry with somebody because they did something against us and they come and ask of us for forgiveness? And we might say, yeah, I forgive you, but we hold on to that forever. It's not okay. It's not the proper reaction, is it? Think of what Christ did for us. The fact that we're sinners, the fact that without the sacrifice, we have no hope. Understand that we were forgiven at our worst point. Understand that that's how we need to react, even if we're angry. We have to choose to always de-escalate that situation because violence is going to cause more violence. Harsh words are going to cause more harsh words. And it's only going to lead to more problems. So as we close this morning, I think the perfect example, and we could always say this is Jesus Christ, right? Jesus is always the perfect example. Even in how he suffered, he was the perfect example. If anyone had reason to be angry, it was Jesus Christ. He was sinless, and yet he was beaten. He was spit upon. He was called names. He was scourged. His back was torn to pieces. They placed a crown of thorn on his head. They called him more names, spit on him some more. And then they nailed him to a cross and suspended him above the earth for nothing that he did. If anybody had the right to be angry, it was Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2 and verse 21, it says, For this, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Listen to this. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Who do we trust our reactions to when we're angry? Do we entrust it to our emotions? Or do we entrust it to God? Because really, we can only speak for ourselves. We can only react for ourselves. And we have the choice at that point to make the decision to obey God's word, to follow his word, and do what he would have us to do. I'm going to tell you, when we're angry, we can either lose respect or we can gain respect. And as Christians, we should always be looking for ways to further the kingdom of Christ. And reacting in a positive way, in a godly way to our anger, is a great way to gain respect and a great end to tell people about Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you have not obeyed the gospel... There are a lot of benefits from that. One benefit from that is, is having Jesus in you, being different. We can do that for you this morning. We can help you out with that this morning. If you have a problem with anger or you have some other problem in your life and you need the prayers of the church, we're here to pray for you. We're here to pray with you. We're here to support you. If you come to the front while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. <laughs>